Making a scene of ourselves, welcome to Hunger Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm Sam Kelly. Welcome to episode 373 of Hand of Pod. I'm joined this week by Santi. Hi, Sam. Who's just tipped Coca-Cola all over the table. <laughs> uh, Andres. Hello and welcome. English Dan. Good evening. Tony. Hello, everyone. Um, Santi's not the only one to embarrass himself, but I did it before everybody apart from Tony got here. I managed to bang my ankle on the corner of the, uh, the um, what's that thing called? The footrest. Yep. Very, very painfully. I've actually drawn blood. Um, just when I was going downstairs to meet Dan and ended up falling onto the floor and oh. screaming. With Tony going, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> yep. As he is always, always I feel that because you, you, you kicked the... Anyway, we are sponsored by Fanatis, allowing you to watch the Superliga, of which there are two rounds to go, and then the Coppa Superliga, of which there are more than two rounds um, of matches. Um for uh, both live and on demand is what I meant to say and also lots of other competitions especially if you're in the United States I believe you still get this year's Copa Libertadores and Sudamericana live via their tie-ins with the broadcasters up there if you are a Hand of Pod listener then you can get a 7 day free trial followed by a 20% discount on your first 3 months with Fanatis by going to fntz.co slash hop and using the discount code hopfz Thank you very much to Fanatis for supporting us. We are also sponsored for the next month and a half by... I'm going to try this first name again. He has given me permission to use his nickname, but I'm going to give it one more go. So let me know if I get this right. Did he say you did it wrong last week? Yes, it's a <laughs> He said it's almost impossible for any British people to get it right anyway because of Polish... I was going to say, let's not offend him because he's been very generous. I followed his instructions going to Google Translate and keying it in and then seeing how it sounded. So I'm going to have a go. Shemek Sobstel. Um, or if not, then Sopel, Sopstel, um, who is running uh, albicelestes.com, A-L-B-I-C-E-L-E-S-T-E-S, I've just got that right, haven't I? Yeah. Dot com, uh, which is an online, um, what's the word I'm looking for? An online archive of Argentina national team players and national team matches. Check it out. And thank you very much to Pshemek uh, for uh, your support during March. He's done that via Patreon. At the $100 a month tier for one month only. If you want to join our Patreon club and get extra content, then you can go to patreon.com slash handofpod. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash handofpod. And now I'm going to stop spelling out URLs to you and give you the scores from the Superliga weekend, which has not just gone because it's Thursday night. It, it ended a few days ago. Uh, those results were... Pause while I get the right round showing on my app. Banfield, nil. Aldo Civi, one. Argentinos Juniors, one. Patronato, one. 
On Saturday, San Lorenzo nil, Racing one, Independiente nil, Gimnasia nil, one. I've just realised why you're wearing your Aldo Civi shirt, not your Independiente <laughs> shirt. Uh, Atletico Tucumán two, Lanús two, Newell's Old Boys four, Colón nil. And on Sunday, Arsenal nil, Vélez Sarsfield four, Boca Juniors three, Godoy Cruz two, and Estudiantes nil, River Plate two. And on Monday there were three matches because here in Argentina it was um, a long weekend. Uh, those three matches ended Defensa y Justicia 3, Rosario Central 0, Tacheres 4, Huracán 2 and Unión 0, Central Córdoba 0. Right. Who wants to begin? What, what, which match shall we kick off with? I think we can we'll save leave. for a start if we focus at the top of the table. The Superliga race was, yeah. I can't remember if mathematically, but at least really, uh, reduced to a two-horse race. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Uh, Argentinos... Yeah. They slipped again. Um, did they? Where are they? I, I think they've drawn they, they one, one, they they one, one against the Patronato. Argentinos drew one with Patronato. And then Atletico Tucumán, um, Lanús, as we said last week, uh, we left both of those teams out when we talked about the run-ins last week because, really, we knew that there were only going to be two teams and it, you know, by the, by the time we got to the final round... But the win could have made it a little bit interesting, I suppose, if but River the, and Boca both went off the rails. And the manner in which Lanús were mathematically ruled out of the title race was pretty dramatic. Um, yes. They went 1-0 down very, very early on away to Atletico Tucumán and then came back into it in the second half. Pedro de la Vega was sent off the bench. Mm. Uh, he was away in, at the pre-Olympico, wasn't he? No. He wasn't? No, because no, he's really, really small, isn't he? He's like 18. Um, he's been used he's, very sparely as well by Zubeldia. He's, he's been used mostly uh, as a substitute, right, yeah, which is strange because he seems to be Lanús's only really good player. <laughs> 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 yeah. Aside from Pepe Sand. He was, uh, he was sent on in the 65th minute to replace Matias Esquivel. He scored two minutes later to level the scores at 1-1. And then uh, 20 minutes after that, he put Lanús uh, 2-1 ahead, only for his teammates to cock things up in defence and concede an equaliser with what turned out to be like the second last touch of the match. Mm. It was the restart afterwards and then the referee blew for full time through Dylan Gisi and that Gisi equaliser is what meant that Lanús crashed out of the title race mathematically even though well, in fact were they, were they ever in the title race really? no, no, no no but that, that's what I'm saying I mean from the, at the start of the year they were only match, like a point off right if, yeah at the start of the year they were if they won that match and they would have spent Saturday night knowing that if Boca and River lost their games Lanús mm-hmm. could have still won, won the league the fact that they didn't yeah. meant that even if Boca and River had lost their games, Lanús wouldn't be able to win the league mm. now anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so unlucky Phil and any other Lanús fans who are listening, and indeed unlucky, I don't know the name of the person who runs the Argentinos Juniors in the UK um, account, the English language Twitter account for Argentinos, but unlucky you. And German Dan. Whatever you're of course. And, and German Dan indeed, although I don't, I don't think he's listening. But if yeah. you are German Dan, then unlucky. <laughs> um, you're, you're both out of the title race. The... The two at the top obviously both matched each other's results. Boca beat Godoy Cruz, which cranked up a bit of pressure on River. But as we said last week, River's away record is the best in the league. And it's, in fact, much more impressive than their home record is. Um, so I think we're going to start with it with Estudiantes versus River. Um, because in many ways, Estudiantes, although we weren't expecting them to win it, I was expecting them to make it a bit more difficult for River than they ended up doing. Yeah, I mean, obviously just before that match they'd lost Marcos Rojo. Uh, the new the Estudiantes new boy well returning new boy let's say uh, 
Tora Maso, right? In mm-hmm. his first match, yes. which was also an Estudiantes loss. So this idea we had that um, Javier Macherano and Rojo were coming into to tighten an already formidable defence hasn't quite worked out as, <laughs> no. as one might have expected. Um, but the other aspect that one will expect from Macherano and Rojo returning, which will be a very slow defence... Mm-hmm. I did hear I did the other players too like Shunke yeah, I mean, the quickest in defence but they've always been very good at, at positioning themselves yeah, yeah, yeah but making that against River they, they, they suffer with, uh, against, against River, that yeah. because I, again, River, is a, River is, a, is an opponent that uh, um, demands a lot of energy and a lot of uh, pace from the from the defenders because they stretch the the field a lot and they they place those incisive passes down the middle. So well, it's what we said, right? Um, I think we mentioned prior to Machirano uh, playing his first match for Estudiantes. Like people might have been wondering why Machirano didn't go back to River, mm. why he decided to go to Estudiantes, and I guess your answer's here, really. Um, <laughs> he said River. He just, said that. And he said it as he well. Said that, yeah. River just play at a pace which is far beyond anything. Uh, Macherano at this age can match. Uh, I didn't. I must admit, I didn't see the match because yeah. I was out frolicking at the Villa Crespo uh, Carnaval celebrations on Sunday night. But I heard here and there that Macherano actually didn't have a bad game. He was like the I think best in of, very inverted commas of a bad bunch of Estudiantes defensive players. Macherano yeah. was the one who escaped with his dignity the most. Right. <laughs> yes, he did well, but uh, I mean. Uh, with only with Macherano, he was like trying to heal a cancer with an aspirin. He was like uh, <laughs> uh, trying to, try to combat coronavirus yeah. with uh, an ibuprofen. Yes, because, yeah. because even himself was some had some in some uh, passages into the match, like uh, couldn't uh, be everywhere, of course. And, and the, the times he he participated into the match was he was good. Uh, yes, but River it was only one. Isolated play in which Warre scored the, the, the first goal to give the, the feeling that the match was, was over. Uh, who got the second goal? Who got the second goal for benefit of those who haven't watched the game or the highlights? No, the, the second goal came through a typical play of, of River in which they pressed uh, mm. high to, into the box. It was a, like, a, like a clearance by Macherano. Mm-hmm. And then in the second play, in the same, we will say the same play, there was a, 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 a low. That downward cross by by Nacho Fernandez mm-hmm. and and Suarez anticipating the, the ah uh, gotcha Matias Suarez yes yeah. the defender uh, and yes it was like a repeated scenes of other matches in which uh, the, the the opponent uh, uh, that's a great they they play well during certain times in the match but it's not enough against River mm-hmm. uh, to be focused uh, for every single minute on the on the pitch yeah they um. It was interesting because Estudiantes were kind of a much, they played at a much higher tempo, a much higher up the pitch for the first 20 minutes or so than I expected. And then after that, they realised that they couldn't do it. When they actually had to chase the game. If you don't score, um, if you don't take your chances against uh, River, it's it's much more likely that River will will take theirs. Yeah. No, for sure. It reminds me of um, the game Racing played uh, against River at home Mm. as well. Yeah. Uh, where they actually did try and play kind of blow for blow, light for light, pressing high, and they lost six one. Oh. <laughs> I think it's yeah. only one of two defeats Racing have had all season. They're like they haven't been playing especially good this season, but they're a very hard team to beat. And that day, River just 
just took them to pieces yeah, because yeah. they tried they, to they play him like, at their own game. Like two no quick. one in Argentina can play River at their own game, yeah. I think, is yeah. the conclusion. And those were like two, two quick or uh, quick fire, actually, like two goals in three minutes and two more in yeah, five minutes. Yeah, it was like, like yeah, that. It's, it's two of three goals in five yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's, it's, it was like, well, that's also like very, uh, well, that gets into your mind as well. It's like, uh, well, when you, when this, uh, when your rival gets, gets to score so many goals in so little time, it's, uh, it affects you mm-hmm. mentally, yeah. and actually, if you you were, well, you were saying that uh, you can't really beat River at their own game, and you mm-hmm. and if you well, you take a look at some of uh, River's losses uh, in, during the during the Superliga, this Superliga, you can actually look, take a look at Vélez's mm-hmm. performance against River, which was very um, atypical, uh, uh, um, well, very uncharacteristically um, conservative from Heinze yeah mm. it was like much more tight a lot of people much tighter behind in the, the ball played exactly. without possession I, I think in that regard it's not a coincidence that all four of River's defeats in the Superliga this season have been at home mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the opposition don't feel perhaps the obligation because I mean <laughs> another good example is the, the away the 4-0 win that River had two weeks before that was it two weeks before or two weeks after the Racing win it was the the away match either before or after uh-huh. uh, against Huracan, hmm. which was basically the same oh, yeah. thing. I mean, Uracan, I think it was after, yeah, yeah. But... It might have been two weeks after. Huracan um, went out and again, like Racing, tried to play River at River's game because they were in their own stadium. Yeah. You suspect that if they'd been in the Monumental, they'd have no, of course, there's, 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 there's also like a demand from the fans, uh, from the fans of your own club, not mm-hmm. to uh, not to hide. With inverted commas, like yeah. not to like to go out there and uh, take control of the game and. Look for the win at at every at every possible chance, and uh, maybe playing away from home um, takes that uh, demand and that uh, obligation in a way. But it also away. comes to outsmart Gallardo. If you, if you can do it, Heinze did it because he, even if he tries to play or he he wants Belles to play well to call it in a <laughs> yeah, way well without trying to be uh, the most attacking team they could be. Sometimes you need to be conservative. Yeah, and, and, I mean, and, and it tells you that it seems like you are uh, you can adapt. Depending of course, on, I mean, of your that's, that's, that's the point. That's the point sure. of football. It's it's about uh, knowing how to win games and knowing yeah. how to get the better yeah, of, but of, of your every opponents. manager does it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the case of River, they also have, of course, the necessary luck they have to to have, uh, because in in the case of uh, last match, uh, I think Estevez was the one who hit the bar with the. Tremendous yes, long, yeah, long distance shot, yeah. and then Lachardo, when he saw that Estevez uh, was blocking all the circuits that River had, uh, said, uh, "Well, just throw the ball, the ball straight away." And 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 three minutes or four minutes later came the the, the goal from Borre. Hmm. Through a ball that was like that uh, long. Yeah, that uh, that shows um, Gallardo's pragmatism as well. It's mm. like he he's good at adapting um, his his tools depending on the depending on the con- on the on the context of the game. He's not just uh, like some people say a lyrical kind mm-hmm. of uh, kind of manager. He's no, for sure. He's very he smart. He doesn't have one plan, and that's it. Exactly. If he's, we can't, we really play. Smart. If we can't, we don't. It's mm-hmm. like yes, being like practical. Yeah, um, that was a. a Good performance under pressure from River in, in a difficult uh, venue. Even if, as we've said, the the opponents played uh, played into River's hands, um, it it was it followed or it was preceded by um, a rather simpler win 
as indeed we predicted it would be, uh, for Boca Juniors against Godoy Cruz to pile that pressure on and to go for a couple of hours at least level at the top of the Superliga <laughs> table. Um, Carlos Tevez scored a fantastic opening goal from 25 yards out. Um, there were people saying that uh, Rodrigo Reyes, I think is the name of the goalkeeper, mm-hmm. wasn't there. I the... think he was a fault. I mean, I, I can see blaming him, but a hit like that. Um, I mean, yeah, it was a great, a great shot by, by Carlos Tevez. It, it was, I mean, I'm not saying that if Ray did what he should have done, he would have saved it. Mm. But he, he should have done better. And I, I think he, wa- he was confused between trying to punch him, yes. punch the ball or, or trying to grab it and ended up doing nothing. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that Godoy Cruz have conceded. Of course, <laughs> I'm just looking yeah, at the table. It, but it's it's still uh, it's still a sign of how um, Russo has really rejuvenated Davis. Yeah, that's what mm. four wins in a row, seven goals at least in their last two games without conceding. Yeah. Because it's, it's a different team. It's the but only one that doesn't have any defensive uh, responsibilities. responsibilities. I, I heard something the other day, and I think it's true that Alfaro said Davis will be my flag, my best player, and he put it off the games uh, two, two matches games, after yeah. and Russo didn't say anything just put him in the why just um, give him this back he has this burden to carry like a, to, for being the, the, the leader of the team when he mm. is not in a position to be so no for sure he's 35 he's going to play well some games because he's a very yeah, good the, and, there's, and there's huge speculation like of games. this being his final season yeah. as, a full, as a footballer as well we'll see if it is um, but yeah, Tevez also got an assist in the 83rd minute for the first of Eduardo Salvio's two. I'm not going to say identical. Two goals. But they weren't enormous. Salvio Salvio. A massive yeah. amount of, um, of, of difference between them uh, for the first of Eduardo Salvio's two late goals. Um, Salvio scored in the 83rd minute, and then in the 87th minute, it's been given to Salvio anyway. I can't remember how, how so it, it took a bit of a I mean it was on target so it was a Salvio goal but right. it took a very big deflection up into the top corner to the wrong foot right. Right. sometimes you just have to like uh, consider how much did uh, reflect uh, deflection like that actually influence yeah. the goal itself but yeah the, the other the first one was sorry the first one was the goal he made with the with the left foot yeah uh, that's also I think Raid's fault I mean, even even if you if you know that the the, the players are, is right footed, don't give too much too much space to the first to the first post. No, yeah, to the near post. Sure. Yeah, eventually uh, he made. It's like a golden rule among goalkeepers. Like you the, don't give so, uh, that much space in the, in the yeah. near the near other post. Abiding memory of the match um, was also from on Tevez. I think it was Marcelo Herrera jumping in and right on Tevez. I think it was Tevez, wasn't it, on his ankle. Yes. Um, and getting a, a fully deserved red card 71 minutes in after Bo- after Godoy Cruz had probably spent the first 15 minutes of the second half being not so sure. slightly surprisingly <laughs> not slightly surprisingly being probably the better team in mm-hmm. that spell and, and threatening to get back into it and then Herrera did that and had them reduced to 10 men and um, I'm just going to remember for a very long time Santiago Garcia telling Tevez the, the camera was right in on him and, and the commentators were helping us to lip read and he was saying it was a foul and he was using the, the word foul in English, which is one reason that, uh, that this st- stuck in my mind. It was a foul, but it, it was only a booking. And I was thinking, if I was a Godoy Cruz player, I would have wanted to walk up to Herrera and punch him in the face. It was, the, I mean, it was a blatant red card. 
And your team are, are getting back into the game, probably putting in one of the best shifts that you've put in all season. Because I feel you know, like the Cruz have just stopped caring, like to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they care anymore about this. I mean, ever, si- ever since uh, Dabobe left the team, yeah. basically. That's it's, been it's, absolutely shock. It's one of the things that we've mentioned. I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about the average point system, about the, the whys and wherefores of it on this podcast in the past. But one of the things that I don't think we've mentioned really before is that it's something that I, I'm getting the impression of with Godoy Cruz at the moment. The players are leaving at the end of this season, or, mm. or you know, in the, in some of their minds, they're like, "Well, I'm not going to be around." There's no danger whatsoever that Godoy Cruz are going to be relegated mm. this season because of the average point system. And so, a lot of the players just don't give a toss. They think, "No, I'll be playing somewhere else anyway." By the time they go down, I don't need to. Or even if not, they'll be back next season and yeah, have I think a clean slate, a new yeah. manager. Maybe. This is one of the many, many, many reasons why um, there can be no long-term projects in Argentina. Because I mean. Um, with this average point system, I mean, uh, the scenery is changing every six months or so. Yeah, especially with this ridiculous, you know, twenty-three game league season or anything. It's just that also contributes. Well, yeah, I remember. Are like, you saying the, you saying that the league is ridiculous? Well, um, I mean, in its I present guys, <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Well, in twenty fourteen, there was this, this transition tournament for six months that granted the promotion for ten teams from the yeah. from the that second was division, very entertaining. Which uh, yeah. well, which uh, gave way for teams such as Crucero del Norte to oh, take Norte. a place, gone but not forgotten, in yeah. Argentina, <laughs> with um, their really really high grass pitches and. Uh, <laughs> We had another, at least one other big game. It was an all big five fixture mm-hmm. in Bajo Flores between San Lorenzo and Racing, which Racing won 1 0. Yeah. Dan, talk well, us through it. I mean, the, the consensus afterwards that was that Racing are the new Ajax of the 1970s or just with a better a better looking coach. And I feel worse and worse and worse every single week as Racing have, are playing better and better and better and their biggest But I think it's fantastic. I, I do think it's worth mentioning before Dan starts waxing lyrical that San Lorenzo <laughs> really aren't a very good <laughs> They're not, no, they're not. And they should be. They have... Um, the players they have at their disposal, especially in attack, um, a lot of them are internationals like the Romero twins, um, future inter- internationals like Adolfo Gaich. Hmm. Um, so the quality is there, but uh, they're already sick of another coach. Uh, he got sacked, right? Monaris. Monaris mm-hmm. following has been that, sacked, finally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been so dysfunctional. They bring in, they kind of bring in a succession of coaches who just don't seem to want to you know they have a team full of decent attackers and they just don't want to attack mm. um, not to take any way, anything away from Racing who as um, <laughs> Sam said uh, the new iteration of Ajax uh, 74 Barcelona 2009 uh, Racing 2019 <laughs> um, just you know this long legacy of, of fantastic teams um, in a, on a slightly more serious note uh, it is coming together together a bit more for for Racing, um, in spite of having a fair few absences um, through injury. Uh, Neri Dominguez um, missed another um, another game from through injury, but we at least had one centre back centre back back in Leo Sigali. I think that made a lot of difference in strengthening the. Um, the defence shoring it up um, and also the, the centre back who wasn't a centre back scored the only goal of the game which helps Mauricio Martinez who well, has he did, he yeah. off injured later on and he has played a lot at 
uh, centre back for Union for mm. um, for Central. For some reason. But he can play there. He's not. You know. He's not. Um, a yeah, natural like centre back, back. But yeah. he can do a job. It's like the Callum Patterson of of Argentina in a way. I don't know who that is, but sure, why not? This Cardiff um, Cardiff City uh, right back who in the Premier League was playing as a striker. Ah, fair enough. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, Racing continue unbeaten under Becca Sissi. I believe that takes us up to two wins and three draws. They're on the verge of the Libertadores and um, things are happening, things are clicking. Um, uh, one of the revelations, funnily enough, of this um, this improvement has been Ivan Pichut. I can't <laughs> believe I'm saying it myself. Uh, Do you want me to get some soap from the bathroom? Your mouth, or well, something stronger than for now. I don't know because this is, this is taking back. back. One thing, but right back <laughs> right is like football, there is another interest. And he cited 2020 True, out of the team, uh, Walter Montosha, who was a kind of a right winger attacking midfielder for, for Central and Sevilla, mm-hmm. came in mm-hmm. at right back. Um, oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, rubbish. Yeah, yeah. So rubbish. Because uh, this seems Pichu to have to come back. Because this seems to really like playing uh, players who are not natural in their positions. He likes, uh, yeah, he's a tinkerer. He, mm. he does like a tinker. But uh, Bichu actually, I think he's played the last uh, three games at, at right back. And he's, he's played well. He's it kind of leads me to think that <laughs> once we get to the, um, His to the nuclear holocaust, <laughs> we're going to have... Only inhabiting the surf. Cockroaches. cockroaches. <laughs> smiling at a camera in a racing shirt. On that note, I think we will get on to the Independiente match. Sorry, Santi. Oh. Um, you know, I was Which there. was dramatic. I, I thought you were the one on Colin on TV sleeping. <laughs> it was the only thing I, I, I know for the match. Yeah, you didn't see the preliminaries. Actually, no. You, it was you fantastic. Yeah, it was like one of the most... Uh, I came like, out I went Bocchini. from the highest of highs to the lowest of yeah. lows during that game. Maradona well, came out with Bocchini. He had a I'm friend gonna, with, with all the independientes. I'm going to be honest with everyone. everyone. Yeah, and the, and the World Cup as well. And I the used, World Cup, yeah. I used and and Maradona um, said as well, he took the microphone and gave a speech to the crowd saying that he feels this stadium should be renamed the Estadio Enrique Bocchini. And everybody was too polite to say, no, the thing is, the thing is, he said exactly the same thing when he invited Bocchini to his uh, to his show back when he was on TV, um. and he said the, exactly the same quote while looking at the camera. Enrique Bocchini included. It's an interesting thing that you know Bocchini is supposedly Maradona's childhood idol. Yeah, and the reason why he was he supported Independiente as a a kid. For the benefit of listeners who are new to Argentine football and aren't really entirely sure who Bocchini is, he's he's an Independiente great, as Santi will tell us in a minute. Um, (laughs) But his first name is not Enrique. (laughs) Well, it's his second name, right? Yeah, is it? Ricardo Enrique Bocchini. That's fine, yeah. It's still a bit of a weird thing to name the the, the stadium after his his middle name, though. But it's an inside joke, I'm guessing, (laughs) between Maradona and Bocchini. Yeah, I I assume that's... uh, that's Not uh, an error in in, as such. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's... They play too harsh on Maradona. Yeah, so... So yeah, the the first part of the of the game, well, before the game, of course, was uh, really emotional because there were all these uh, independent legends, such as goalkeeper Pepe Santoro, whose whose birthday is today as well. Uh, Happy birthday, if you listen. <laughs> and uh, Ricardo Pavoni, and um, well, also, Antoni, also Daniel Antoni, and uh, well, in a certain ceremony that was uh, that was hosted by very famous uh, narrator Walter Nelson. Um, there was uh, this huge ceremony to invite Maradona to the to the Libertadores de America uh, in the future, which is that's going to be named Ricardo Enrique Bocchini, indeed. As Ricardo Enrique, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And he was uh, greeted with every single international trophy Independiente has won and the World Cup. 
<laughs> because and, independent uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> well Borrochera scored the winner so <laughs> I mean it's like when West Ham play West Ham fans say they, they won the World Cup for England yeah, yeah, don't, go there, don't, go yeah. don't, don't go there! Don't go there! Don't go there! It's not good for you. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that, that was basically the only the only like positive I can take from going the actually game was into the shit. It was yeah, the so game was. Bad. I mean, it was the players. I mean, the the, the quality <laughs> on the pitch. I actually feel like the 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 short term future for independent is really really grim. Yes. And um, I, I I come to think about it, and I just just I just don't know how the fuck. Are they going to get out of from the here? Because I mean, the it's a tailspin, right? Like every week is a little bit better than the next one. Exactly. I mean, and, and the the th- the thought that was so always like um, going around in my head was if they give this kind of performance, this disjointed and uh, apathetic and uh, completely off performance against which um, a certain candidate for the worst team in the first division. Mm. What? I think that's harsh this year, but they're definitely going. Yeah, one of the five worst teams yeah. in, in the in the first division. What am I going to expect against any other team? Mm. I mean, what uh, what are, are what am I going to expect from any any performer? Any, any performer? I mean, Cecilio Dominguez, which I really am against um, jeering and whistling at uh, players from a, from a team of of your own. But he was absolutely dreadful. I mean, uh, he, every single ball he touched, he 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 was he had a poor first touch. He had awful decision making. I mean, you, you can say that to, to almost any other player, like well, Sajemina, maybe with the exception of uh, Gaton Silva, whose game was probably a six at best. But um, it was a completely disjointed performance. There was absolutely no build up play. No defensive uh, awareness. Um, the the go- the chances were obviously a joke. If you look at the almost the chance before the before the goal the, the goal, which also was a fluke. Yeah. It was it was really a really fluky goal. A deflection, right? Yeah, it big was fr- from a, from a big deflection that went over uh, Martin Campagna's head. But uh, and also just just like um, GC for Atletico Tucumán, basically the last kick of the game as well. Exactly. I mean that that was the those like the. The straw that burn comes back, yeah. and uh, actually, if you see the the chance before that, there was this huge confusion between um, Campagna and uh, Sergio Barreto in the Bentes young centre back who is going to have to start every game because Franco is also leaving. Um, they they clash between each other, and uh, I think uh, a gimnasio player has the chance to score with an open goal, yes, and he misses, and he misses like the most stupid, the easiest chance you can actually you can actually get, and the the chance just after that in the beginning to lose lose the ball while attacking and in the counter they scored this absolutely ridiculous goal I mean I mean what what's what's Independiente's uh, outlook for, for the future right now I mean they still lose players Benitez has just been announced as, uh, as uh, the new player of Pasco da Gama uh, that's a positive right at least one bit of good news you finally got rid of yeah I mean uh, regarding that, I know I've read a lot of Independiente players who are like really happy to just um, get rid of Benitez once and for all. I think, uh, well, I've, I've always been conflicted towards Benitez because as much as fr- as much as a total frustration he is on the pitch. I mean, after all, he's he's a youth product. He's uh, yeah. given me he's given me one of the most uh, joy- joyful moments I ever had in football, which was his winner against Atlético Tucumán in the Sudamericana. Probably one of the goals they celebrated the most in my life. 
and uh, I really can't take that away from him. There was a time, there was a short time um, during Holland's regime that was probably one of the best players in the Independiente in the Independiente team, and fans are really, really quick to forget that. It's like they were waiting for the chance to hate on him again. And yeah, I mean, it's obviously looking as an outsider, uh, I'd say that Benitez's failure to kind of come up from eternal promise to a decent player is probably more of a symptom of Independiente's of course, problems toxic, than a cause. Toxic, uh, it's, a, yeah, it's kind of atmosphere, it's not yeah. new, it's, it's been a toxic... I think environment but exactly, for a long time. actually there's, there's still a lot of people yeah. who are like very very uh, very harsh on even players that you really can't be harsh on like Martin Campagna. There's mm-hmm. still play there's still fans who just people uh, criticize Campagna. He's yeah, it's it's really basically it's just, kept in the Benito It's one of the best goalkeepers. It's one of the best goalkeepers in the continent, I think. Yeah. And okay. uh, people still it, it says sorry. It says a lot that I'm just looking down the list of your recent results and there aren't a lot of W's in the, in the right-hand <laughs> column, but most of the losses are by only one goal, which yeah, yeah. you know supports what you both just said about Campania. Uh, I did some of them games have been against nine men, so yeah. Well, y- yeah, but yeah. I, I did want to ask, like, d- does I mean the, the one win and that ten. stands out? A lot of them. Yeah. There, True. Are, there are two wins that stand out since the start of December. In that you've won two games since the start. Of December. <laughs> um, one of which was the first leg of tonight's Sudamericana tie um, against Fortaleza, which. Uh, well, it was a very, it was a very odd result. It was a, it was a very, uh, well, a very boring game as well. And yeah. uh, the goal came from a, from an out of, out of nowhere, uh, out of nowhere play. So, I mean, it was like a, a kind of antidote to the, um, to the loss against Racing, like uh, to calm, uh, calm the fans down in a way, but. It was common knowledge that it wasn't enough. Yeah. Um, if they lose tonight, is Pusineri in danger of um, getting booted? That'll be a shame. That'll be but an do you think it's, it's a possibility? Look, I, I'm not sure because um, on the one hand, I think it's a general consensus that Pusineri has the least blame yeah. among every single person involved in this absolute mess that is independiente. But on the other... The, um, someone's got to pay, right? Yeah, someone. Ha- someone. Someone is chance. going to. I mean, the the manager is always the the easiest, uh, the easiest, uh, the easiest okay, piece right. to topple, you know. And uh, with the uh, Mojanos under such scrutiny that they are right now. I mean, this time it wasn't four geese that uh, expressed their <laughs> their discontent against against them. I include myself among them. But um, but yeah, the thing is, if um, he actually manages to, to, to get us knocked out of the of the Sudamericana, I think the Mojanos are going to pull up the, put the blame straight on him and just double cross. I mean I think they Gotta might bring a new guy in for the Copa Superliga, see if Exactly. I mean they might not understand that. And it's happened before. I mean but then I, who is there because they had enough trouble finding a coach in the first place. Well, who, who, say, who is capable of actually working with eight, possibly nine players leaving the club. Yeah. But yeah nice. that's that's the, thing with, that's the thing with, with Pusineri. He knew he was going into such a such a bloated mess of a club. Yeah, but he, and he was and he well he he had a, he had the he was strength. probably the only one that wanted to. Yeah, actually, well, as I said before, uh, Pellegrino was uh, was consulted for the job. He actually wanted to 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 take the job, and he was uh, he eventually refused because he was told he, he, there weren't going to be any new signings coming. It's really hard for Independiente to to find the the way the way out because. Uh, it's like self-destructive. Uh, they are something. Uh, um, yes. Yeah. Like like breaking themselves because yes, they're in a downward spiral. 
because, because yes, uh, uh, players of course are lost, but the supporters, if they, if they, some of them, of course, not all of them, insult Campania, I think they, that I also. Mean, and not just Campania, they've insulted, uh, uh, they've insulted Franco and Figal before, who were once one of the best, uh, some of the best centre backs in the league. The head of the club, who is of course Moshano, when there are people uh, insulting him, he says, ah, they are four stupids. I, and, and mixing all of this with the when he was uh, in prison when uh, there was a dictatorship here in Argentina and said I was uh, in prison during the dictatorship so I can't stand this but it's nothing it's to do it's kind of different right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing to do with uh, comparing your critics with uh, <laughs> military dictators yeah it's a uh, it's, a, it's so a shit situation to be in because I mean the the, the the board and the chairman the chairman especially is not going to take any sort of responsibility for this any yeah. sort of like self assessment so something that isn't exclusive to no no, no. Yeah, no, 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 no of course of course in this situation it's on on our Patreon page um, listeners uh, who are on Patreon and who get the benefits of the pot extra last mm. week will have heard the first in a what's probably going to turn into a repeating occasional <laughs> series of uh, talks about badly run Argentine football clubs. Uh, stay listening right until the very end of the episode after the full-time music, and I will give you the result of Fortaleza vs Independiente tonight and tell you whether they do get through in the Sudamericana. But really quickly, Santi, the other win that you've had this year um, was the 5-0 at home to Central when they looked brilliant. And, I mean, does, does that almost make it more frustrating, the fact that on the day, OK, against fairly weak opponents but still no central back then were fighting for the other spots yeah but since the yeah, start yeah, yeah, yeah. since yeah. the turn of the year is probably the worst defense on the even even comparing to Godoy Cruz listen to what I'm saying Oof. regardless of who's against does that kind of performance I mean it must make it more frustrating in a way that you can't seem to buy I won't say a goal because he scored last week against Arsenal but you know that, that you can't get anything going since then yeah, I think that uh, the win has turned out to be like this huge red red herring, and um, I think it's just uh, it's just very unfortunate that the game that came straight straight after that one was the was the classic against Racing, mm-hmm. and I think that was a very big factor because uh, the players were very much affected emotionally mm-hmm. and psychologically after that game, and they can't seem to. To get anything going for them because I mean that was such a crushing and, embar- and, and embarrassing to, defeat. He doesn't have to to lose against Gimnasia of all the of the teams at home in the way you lose. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, for for some fans who are such um, well so so demanding on how in the paint they must play. I mean, the fact that we lost to one of the worst teams in the league um, to a manager like Maradona who uh, as uh, someone someone who ask a question later will say he he's also managed Racing before. And uh, to to have done it in the way they they have done it, it's it's really demoralizing, and uh, it raises some serious questions about in the Bay having to fight relegation again. Hmm. I'm worried. Uh, do you need a psychologist? Perish for something. Perish for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we shall see. Um, mopping up some of the other results and the main talking points. Uh, Newell's got a four nil win over Colón in the red and black shirt derby. Uh, <laughs> Pushing Colón into the relegation zone. Yep. Indeed, yes. Maxi Rodriguez with the first goal. Pablo Perez with his first goal, I think, on the road. Yes. It must be his first goal. For it, was. First and, game and, it was. And that match, there was some incredible... I, I, you never think about how many times uh, how, or how many years this uh, have been since uh, there wasn't a, a, a free kick. You've read my mind. Oh, well. <laughs> what? Luis, Luis Leal scored the third, and then um, 
while I was in the other room tidying up the wardrobe a bit, Christian Lehmer scored a free kick, which, as Andres has just hinted, the first free kick that Newells have scored in the league, they have scored a couple in, in the Sudamericana and one in the Copa Santa Fe in the meantime, for 319 matches. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Um, which Some players' careers are shortened than like, that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it takes it back to like 2006 or 2007 or something, was the last okay. time they scored a free Four. kick in the league. Um, and that is obviously I mean, Maxi all time. Maxi the DS came and left two times. Yeah, <laughs> it's, actually, it's, it's a, an all-time Argentine football record for the longest run without a free kick goal in league competition, and it breaks the record that was previously held by Banfield, which ran to 214 matches. So it's broken it by over a hundred games. Wow. So they've had it wow. for a while, let's say. Indeed, yeah, they, they set this record. Uh, like, they broke the record about. Four five years. or six it's, years it's, ago or something and we didn't even mention it and, and I find really surprising that uh, Lema has had such a turnaround since arriving at News always because I was speaking to a, to a Peñarol fan uh, an Uruguayan Peñarol fan a few a few months ago and he was like really relieved to have lost Lerma because he, he had been <laughs> such a defensive liability uh, at Peñarol and now he's he's had such case. a yeah such a huge renaissance at the end. He's streaming with, with a lot of goals as well. Yeah. Mm. But it also calls off the bad luck like Colin usually has. <laughs> when it comes to relegation, they do have bad luck. Mm. Um, and then the other main talking point to discuss uh, very briefly or just to make is that mm. Tacheres versus Oracan, which was one of the matches that we said last week, don't watch this, it'll be rubbish, ended 4-2 to Tacheres. Oracan <laughs> uh, took a very early lead through Francisco Ramirez. Tacheres came back and then went 3-1 up. Where Rakan scored a penalty to make it interesting for the last few minutes, and then Dairon Moreno scored with ten minutes to go to put the final gloss on the scoreline. I mean, for to be fair, it, it could side. still have been rubbish. I didn't watch it. No, nor did I. But it produced. It had six a lot goals, of goals in. Which, but I've seen goal, games which have a lot of goals, but are still crap. That's for it. example, all right, I'll say Mourinho. Tacheres plays differently <laughs> when Nahuelbustos is there. It's, this mm. is true. Are you one of those people that say the best football game possible ends nil nil? No, I'm just saying that um, sometimes, <laughs> like, depending, sometimes a lot of goals aren't necessarily a sign that it was actually a, a good game, an entertaining game. Just uh, the only thing each I, team is equally shit. The only thing I know about that, that game was that Caranta was playing. How, yeah. how Mauricio Caranta. Mauricio Caranta. How well, full he is well, he? Peter Lucchetti is still playing. He, he played Copa Libertadores football. As but uh, I, 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 thought, I, I thought Caranta was buying Farnet in Cordoba and not playing. I don't know. He could be doing both. So. Mauricio Caranta was born on the 31st of July 1978. Wow. 41 years old. 41 and a half 41. years old. Wow. He is, for the benefit of listeners who aren't aware, he is a goalkeeper. Yes. Um, played for Riva, played for Instituto. And Boca Instituto. as well. He, I think he won the Libertadores for Boca. He won the Libertadores for Boca. In 2007. Yep. Um, we will now take a half-time break and replenish our glasses, and when we come back, we'll talk a bit more at you and answer some of these questions. Don't go away. Hopefully this week's second half... Hang on, I forgot to turn the air conditioning off. It's too loud. I, I think it's too loud. Listeners, if you could hear that little buzz behind when I started just then, then please let us know. If, if you think it wouldn't bother you for an hour and a half, 
then do let me know, uh, because I can leave the aircon on there when we record. Uh, hopefully this week's second half will not be as long as last week's second half. I have set in, in place some rules and regulations from now mm. on for listeners' questions. But before we get to listeners' questions, do we have anything else to talk about? We could do a quick round-up of some Continental Games. Yes, I, I thought that. Just to, just when you said a quick round-up, I was like, yeah, we said we were going to do this last week, and we completely forgot. Ah, to. yes. Um, so... As we've already said, Independiente playing the Copa Sudamericana in about an hour's time um, against Fortaleza. Rogerio Senis. Yeah, Rogerio Senis. Yeah. Oh, wow, yes, of course, I forgot he was the manager. Um, He's not still playing. No, he, 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 he could be like in the quarterback, like <laughs> just trying to do the free kick and come come The Brazilian Garanta. We've already mentioned that Independiente won the first leg of that 1-0 in Avellaneda, slightly... Fortunately, as uh, Santi was honest enough to say, um, River Plate uh, have been eliminated, I think, from the Sudamericana at least once, possibly twice. Um, this is because they have two teams represented. Oh, that's only the first leg, though, is it? Yes, it is only the first yes, leg. Yes, it's only So they, they, they've won their first leg in their Uruguayan version, which <laughs> people have heard of because we've mentioned them before, yes. against Atletico Grau. Um, there is also, however, a river plate in Paraguay, and they look like they're going out, or they've either gone out or are going to go out because they lost three-one at home to Deportivo Cali. I want to say last night. Um, I don't know. I think that was the first leg. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Oh no, hang on. These are second legs. So River Plate <laughs> Uruguay went through three-one on aggregate. They were oh. the first leg two-one, uh, and Deportivo Cali. Yeah, Deportivo Cali won both legs two-one and then three-one. Uh, so River Plate Paraguay are out of the Copa Sudamericana. Um, apologies to any River Plate Argentina fans if you were following them for some reason. There, there is an Ecuadorian one as well, slightly yes. really? really. Given that, I mean, at least at least the Paraguayan ones are inside the the Rio de la Plata basin. If we're going to be really generous, but th- there is also a, a River Plate. Oh in, yeah, are uh, Barcelona are Barcelona from Ecuador really that close to Barcelona in that's, Spain? Yeah, that's very Everton point. in Mar as close to Everton in in England. Not particularly well um, accurate to geographical names seem to be a bit of a thing, particularly in Ecuadorian football. But anyway, <laughs> is Arsenal close close to North London? Yeah. <laughs> Moving on exactly. because this this app is is very confusing. I'm going to go back to the Argentine app that I've got and see whether they're a bit less confusing on the Sudamericana because they're not giving me any proper <laughs> scores. Um, the Argentine clubs in the Sudamericana, uh, this is better, I've got both leg results next to each other here. Vélez Sarsfield uh, went through in the end. I can't remember whether we remember to mention this last week I think they were just yeah, you, you did, as you we did. finished. You did. I did mention after, it at the end of the, the, episode, after the, end of the, of the episode. Yeah. You, you listened. You listened. So, yeah. Wow. I actually do. You listened to yourself. What? <laughs> I don't listen to it when I'm editing it. Um... Thiago Almada scored a 96th minute penalty at the end of the second leg, which meant that Vélez only lost 2-1 and went through on away goals yeah, as a heroic. result of that penalty. Uh, he then got himself booked for taking his shirt off, silly boy. But he's only young. So no, uh, but, but, it's, but, it's, but this time you can actually understand why he did it. Yeah. Huracan uh, were thrashed at her away sorry, by Atletico Nacional in the first leg of their tie and then drew 1-1 on Tuesday night, I think that was. Mm. Uh, so they are out 3-1. Union... Oh, I, yeah. I had no idea what Union's result was, Tony. I completely forgot. <laughs> yes, they, they, I was suffering a lot of it. As, yeah. as we also said last week or the week before, Union won 3-0 at home to Atletico Mineiro um, at some point. Is there a date here? Uh, 
won 3 0, yeah. One of the Thursdays. But yeah, I think it was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. Two weeks ago. And earlier this week, they lost. 2-0 yeah, congratulations so, Tony thank you're going to the Sudamericana proper I think that means right that was yeah the first time they, they get uh, one of the winner one of the legs mm-hmm. of the of the Sudamericana so they get to the second round for the first time it was oh so tense I mean not because Atletico Mineiro was actually much better I think they just get the, the responsibility to try to do something at home mm-hmm. they got a little bit lucky because Union had enough chances to, to score one at least mm. and, and try to to breathe there was uh, a one on one by Trashansky uh, um, a post uh, denying a goal uh, to Botinelli uh, they, I'm guessing there's some tension as well because Atletico Mineiro went 2-0 up in the 20th. They, they, they were really so quickly like to the two, yeah. you were hanging on to that <laughs> the, the, there was the, the, in, in the end Big Bill, but Mineiro tried to, to push forward instead of trying to play well. If if you know what yeah. I mean, they they just try forward and, and and try to to suffocate Union instead of of trying too much of of Moshano who who did uh, save a couple of, of nice nice shots. Yeah, I but think one of them was especially crucial. I think to the to the result in the dying minutes of the game. Yeah, uh, uh, there was a, a dive to the right uh, uh-huh. post. There was. At the touch of the fingernail, but it, it could it could have Union could have scored, but they didn't get luck enough. I think that the the, the plan by by Madelon failed in the first half. And it was clear because they were two two nil now. But in the second half, they, they he rallied the troops and said we need to to be together and and, and defend this, and they did in the end. Inspiring stuff. Congratulations. The, the, the nice the nice thing. Sorry, some uh, there there was a photograph of. Barisone, uh, the the player that, that died in a in a, um, the grandfather of Barisone was in in the stadium uh-huh. with the shirt of of the the grandson. Barisone died a couple of years ago when he was, he was playing at Lanús, uh, traveling from Santa oh, Fe. Oh yes. Uh, so the, the he was he was photographed and it was really emotional mm. for for the for the grandfather because mm. he tried to to he went in a bus to 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 Brazil. It was really emotional. Um, Argentinos Juniors are out. They drew 1 1 with Sport Huancayo of Peru and then drew 0 0 away, so they're out and away goals. Um, and Lanús had an identical result, uh, wouldn't you? Did exactly against the same slightly Zunion. less illustrious uh, opposition. And they took a bit longer to go 2 0 down. <laughs> um, but yeah, they won 3 0 at home and then lost 2 0 away to Universidad Católica of Ecuador. Which means, if I'm counting correctly, that we've got two teams have gone through Union Three. and Lanús. And Vélez. Oh, and Vélez, of course, right, yeah. So, Unión, Lanús and Vélez through. Argentinos and... Huracana. out. And Independiente, as we say, we will find out later on. But they will be joined by Atlético Tucumán in the next round. Ah, yeah, because they they were the best loser of the Libertadores preliminary phase. Yeah, yes. Because they lost some penalties. And speaking of the Libertadores preliminary phase, we didn't talk about any of the previous rounds of this. In the first round of the Libertadores qualifiers, there were no Argentine teams involved. So that's nice and easy. We'll just skip over that and pretend (laughs) it didn't happen. In the second round, Atletico Tucumán, I think we mentioned this at the time, came back. um, They lost 2-0 to the strongest Mm -hmm. in La Paz in the first leg and then won 2-0 against the strongest in Tucumán in the second leg and went through on penalties mm-hmm. easy joke alert they were not the strongest anymore no indeed um, wow and then they did I mean it was almost almost the same thing against Independiente Medellín yeah. on was it last night or Tuesday night 
Last night. Last night. Tuesday. 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 Yeah. Um, they lost 1-0 at home. Uh, sorry, they lost 1-0 away in Medellin and then won 1-0 in Tucumán but lost the shootout. I believe, I didn't watch, but I think I'm right in saying that uh, they, they missed their first two penalties or the yes. goalkeeper saved the first two penalties. Yes, they missed. Well, not missed. They, one of them was missed by uh, Diaz, I think, and the other one, whom I don't remember, I think Melano? Or, Probably. Mm. Uh, it was just put it, uh, I mean, I, I, it passed to the goalkeeper. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. And we have games already and this, in the this, groups this week. Yes, indeed oh. we do. Uh, this, uh, this business that Dan says with Atletico Tucumán being the, the best of the teams who failed to qualify appears, as far as I can see, it appears to be because they're the only one of the teams who failed to qualify who went out on penalties. Yes. Um, yeah. And there is a currently ongoing game, Guarani versus Palestino. The first leg of that finished 1-0 to Guarani, and the second leg, although we're only 23 minutes into it right now, is 1-1. Uh, which therefore means that Atletico it can't go to penalties and Atletico took a matter fine um, and we have group stage matches at the moment yeah. do we? no this week uh, the coming week I mean. oh, next oh, week oh right yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. if you want to mention um, as a result of some of these group stage matches by the way the Boca Juniors game in the Superliga away to Colón Colón tomorrow I was about to say Union and I thought no that doesn't sound right um, away to Colón is going to be on Friday night which is why if you normally pick Hand the Pod up on Friday, this will hopefully be online a bit earlier. I'm going to try and get this podcast online before I go to bed tonight. Um, so the, the opening group stage matches are, for the Argentine clubs, I'm not reading all of them out, no, obviously. Please. Caracas versus Boca Juniors. Oh, they're being brave. That's a nighttime kickoff what in time? Venezuela. What time? 9.30 our time. So in Venezuela, it's going to be, what, 7.30? It's going to be dark by the time it ends. Mm-hmm. They've obviously got more faith in the floodlights than last uh, last year's Libertadores group they, they stage. They have not, any, not like any, uh, problems anymore, uh, apparently. <laughs> apparently, that's Maybe. the key word. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so, in fact, that's that's the second match of the group stage. I apologise to Defensa y Justicia, who are the Argentine side who get things rolling for us at quarter past seven Argentine time on Tuesday against Santos. They, they, they put the, the the tickets at 100 pesos. 100 pesos? Yeah. Wow. For the, wow. For the they, they want the, the members. The, the, sorry? For members, I'm guessing. No, you, you, you can go as a, as a oh. guest. So they want Almost to be tempting. a fat. Almost tempting if it wasn't just a really... I, I will do it. Fucking remember, remember I will do it against Olympia. I will do it against Olympia just to see Adebayo. It's the only thing I want to see. <laughs> so, defensive yeah, that's, that's a privilege, really. I mean, paying 100 pesos only to see Roque Santa Cruz and Nueva York. Good enough. Defensive Justicia against Santos at quarter past seven on Tuesday. Caracas against Boca at 9.30 that evening. These are all Argentine time zones, of course. On Wednesday... At quarter past seven, Tigre, the second division side, host Palmeiras. <laughs> wow. Um, That's not a bad game to go And to. then later that evening, Liga de Quito are at home to River Plate. And then on Thursday... That's a very interesting one. River at the, yeah. at the height of Quito. River have got a couple of high-altitude games in their, yes. in their group. They're away to Liga de Quito, and then they also have to play... Binacional. Oh, Binacional, that's really, really high. The as well. highest I, I think of it's, all the teams. It's, it's I think the it's highest Libertadores venue meters. of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't yeah. It? It's, it's after the last game against Atletico Tucumán, uh, the last game of the of the Superliga. They yeah. traveled to. Ah, ah yeah. So they start the Libertadores knowing whether they won the, the Superliga or not. No, it's the second. It's against Binacional. It depends. If Obviously, if Boca failed to beat Colón away tomorrow evening. 
and River win their match, then River will be champions yeah. before the Super and League. And Cologne will certainly um, be motivated to win that game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Liga, so that, that one, Liga de Quito will be River on Wednesday at 9.30. And then on Thursday, uh, Racing kick their campaign off mm-hmm. at 7 p.m. away to Estudiantes de Merida. Yes, I feel like I've, I should have already left if I want to get to that game. Because <laughs> it's yes. not going to be an easy one. It was like, I saw one Racing fan on Twitter describing the trip, um, which would be necessary to, to go to that game away. And it made for, for strenuous um, You had to, the, 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 to go to Panama? And yeah. then I think you have to go I to Panama and back ago, down. Yeah. One, one of my girlfriends girlfriend's colleagues is, is from Venezuela and she brought her mum over here very recently and it's always a, a palaver every time she does it. It's like a 40 hour flight to get to the other side yeah. of the continent. I remember you've got to go to Panama, wait for ages, then go to Panama, Cucuta and then about uh, 30 hours by bus or something like that. Nice. I remember Excellent. we were playing San Jose de Oruro and other teams from Argentina I think they did too and yes it's also a, a very complicated trip with you have to go by by plane but then by bus or it's like very very complicated yeah I want, if I can make we uh, I just a, a, a little uh, date uh, or not date but uh, uh, Andres Alessandro is now the, the player that played the most games for the Libertadores given the hits Argentinian so he broke the record. It's all, team. ah, yes. all teams, all the yeah, time. Blah, blah, blah. Matches, uh, oh. and Orion had eighty-five. Yeah, actually, he uh, one of his motivations to to stay at uh, in, international instead of co- uh, coming back to River Plate was to break every single record he could break uh, while playing for uh, for international. Yeah. Yeah, actually, he, he wanted to become America. the most uh, the player with the most appearances in the in the history Some, of the club. If yeah. you want to go to to, to can I go to the feminine quickly or do you yes. have time? Uh, um, give us a rundown of what happened. At really the quickly on the weekend, Guayaquiza uh, come back to 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 the winning days against Porvenir six one. River won three one against Lanús. Um, Boca didn't play because they have the the free um, the, the free round yeah. Uh, Platense won against Sat, so they, they're still trying to get into the, the Zona Campeonato. Sat are the team, for those of you who remember listening at the start of the season, that we were all laughing at because Sat stands for Social Atletico Televisión. And they, they went viral by, uh, <laughs> by a nice kick to, to a player. They, they yes, with. they did, yeah, yeah. They've also got a really, really nice kit. Yeah. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm emphasizing the T there because Tony just said kick and I'm saying kit. Yeah. Um, um, Villa San Carlos uh, won 5-1. Uh, it was the first game uh, win, sorry, for for the championship for, for them, and it's a it's a nice and special win because they want uh, the people in the club want them wanted them to go to the to the to the B mm. to the second division because they didn't have enough money and they sell empanadas and stuff <laughs> like that to get to travel. Uh, they don't have any any place to to officially to train. They play yeah. in, in in different uh, squares and stuff like that. Who, so who did they beat? And they no, beat Excursionista, sorry. Ah. So it was a nice a nice win. Um, then on the next, uh, the, the week that's going to start uh, on this Saturday, Racing is going to play against Villa San Carlos at 5 o'clock in Argentina. If, you, if you're if you here, go there because it's going to be free and it's going to play in, in the Cilindro for the first time since the professional f- football. So that, that's going to be cool. But not the first time... Ever, Ever. no. It's the second time because the first time was three years ago against Comunicaciones. Um, it's going to be free, so if, you, if you're if in Buenos Aires, go there. Um, Boca's going to play against Platense. Platense, if doesn't win, 
they don't have any chance to, to get into the Southern Campeonato. River is going to play on Sunday at 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning against Gimnasia La Plata, and San Lorenzo plays on Saturday, 9 o'clock, against Defensor de Belgrano, and those two games, River 1 and San Lorenzo 1, so the two 9 o'clock games are going to be on TV. Right. Thank you very much. And no in terms of the championship zone, it's pretty much all decided now, apart from that Platense result. Yeah, I mean, there's a like seven, teams. seven teams in eight points, mm. and if Platense doesn't win, and it's all between Rosario Central, Independiente, Racing, and Estudiantes to, to see on Gimnasia La Plata who, who's going to get into the Zona Campeonato and, and who's going to get in the Zona uh, Promotion. Cool. Mm. Moving on to listeners' questions. I did, as I said, set a rule this week and it was that we're only going to answer as many questions as listeners can fit into a single tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Something is a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, there, there the, was reason, one. the reason that I did this, I don't mind if, if you can fit loads of questions into one tweet, then that's fine. But I just it, it really added to the recording time last week. And more to the point, it made the file very large, which meant that the computer took a long time to process the file, which meant that I got to bed ridiculously late last week. Which meant you got hand of pot way later than you really wanted. Oh, no, it probably didn't make much of a difference to that, because I uploaded it the next day anyway. Um, But it it just... uh, Let's try not to repeat that. So from now on, listeners, if you don't mind, nothing personal to anybody. Anyone individually but Darren, behave. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, nothing personal, but if, if, if you can try and keep your questions to a single tweet, if you're asking them on Twitter, then that would be lovely. Uh, you, obviously, you can contact me by email or, or WhatsApp or whatever if you have those contact details. But keep um, it in a single email. Free, but yeah, I mean, and about football. Yeah, please. <laughs> try and keep them concise. Uh, so here we go. Arch Bell says, is it time for Independiente to go all in on the Pibes like Alan Sonora and Alan Velasco? Or he could have said all in on the Alans, but... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's complicated. I think um, we we discussed it a little bit uh, on the previous episode. Is the thing is the thing with the independent youth uh, youth players that they're a little bit exciting, a little bit promising. But the thing is, they're not really they haven't reached reached a level of maturity. I think to for them to just uh, earn their starting spots in a way like um, back uh, back in the Holland days, Franco and Bustos and Topni and. Uh, and uh, especially Ezequiel Barco did uh, in well a, a few years ago. The thing is, the performances of the of the first team squad, the people who were actually bought for a lot of money, are so bad, are so dreadful that uh, maybe the best shot in the beginning to have at actually getting a performance of players who actually actually care a bit more about, about uh, the team is by using those uh, those young players, and I think that. That's the best way to go. The thing is, Pusineri is aware that some some of these players haven't reached this level of maturity yet. And if you look at uh, the starting eleven he has just named for the game against uh, Fortaleza today, there aren't a lot of them. Most of them are occupying the bench. I think it's always a fine balance, right? Because um, especially when a team's in crisis, let's say, or things are going wrong, um, oh. It's always easier for young players to make an impact uh, to yeah, settle in when they're coming into a proper, stable, yeah. winning, confident team. A, a positive, I mean, yeah. uh, when you're chucking five or six into a team that's broken, usually what you get is young players who are just overawed. Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, I remember the like Estudiantes at the weekend when they were—I think they'd already two 0 down to River by the time they sent him on. They, mm-hmm. they put this kid on, and I thought, 
Kai looks, I mean, even by the standards of some Argentine substitutes, he looks really young. Yeah. Let's look at him. He was 16. He was of the, I think what, he was in the top five or the set, uh, the third youngest player uh, of, all, of all time in Argentine football behind the Maradona Nahuero, I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, if he follows the nice footsteps. Well, that's our base. You don't have anything to lose. It's just to, to get them accustomed to, to the first division. Yeah, but the thing, the thing with chucking uh, young players who are probably not mature enough to, to gain a spot in the starting 11, the thing with that is that mm, the fans who are already like notoriously, um, notoriously demanding and notoriously difficult. I don't think if the the situation of the team and the aura and the atmosphere of that team is really that toxic, yeah, I think they're going to take a way longer time to to it's just deliver. Dramatic, isn't it? Just yeah, it's, it's really dramatic. And, 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 if, and if they score, if they make a mistake, they make a mistake, which yeah. they will. I mean, look at look at for example yeah. Rodrigo Bentancur at Boca. Yeah. They will make those mistakes, and they're going to be like. Um, they're gonna be scapegoat forever. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't think uh, it's a coincidence that Boca haven't brought through a. Young academy player. Well, actually, Almendra is on his way out, for example. Well, Almendra is, is leaving, but Nakura has already left. Uh, well, you remember this guy, Babala, who was one of the several next Messi's. And he, he actually got a, got a long move to Juventus a few years yeah. ago. That's right, yeah. To Union. Yeah, and then just after that year, he went to Union. I mean, that tells you all and, well, and I remember actually when the Independiente were uh, struggling to stay in the first division back in 2012-2013 they actually tried to chuck a lot of young players and I think I, I doubt any Independiente any Independiente fan can remember at least the name of at least a couple I mean, the, the I only time that I can think of that that kind of situation has worked out well for the player at least if not the club was Eric Lamela obviously had that first yes. season yeah Rome. and uh, Manuel Lanzini as well Racing it once worked well actually El Cunagüero he, he made his debut in a very dire situation at the and he immediately became the best player and Racing in 2012 they uh, had a really terrible start to the season under I think it was Zubeldia who brought in a load of players who just didn't play well at all like Pepe San for one <laughs> so he decided to chuck in his first team Luciano Vieto Ricky Sintavion ah, yeah. Bruno Zuccolini Rodrigo De Paul a nice club sent like five Youngsters in, and they started winning that season. They finished second. The like, thing is, that's, second, that's more of a that's more worked. of a test to see whether they are like way better than the than what it is what it's expected mm. from them instead of like a long term, long term move. I think uh, Bosnia will eventually be, uh, rich, uh, will be facing a situation in which uh, the best his best shot is by testing these players because there's. Yeah. I mean the the performance levels are just yeah, especially when they go by the Superliga what, what do you have to lose? Yeah. well a lot actually because the, the losses are going to count into the into the the of relegation course, the relegation average not that many games in the Copa de Superliga yeah <laughs> but it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna affect in the bay it's already uh, the the ghosts of relegation are beginning mm. to begin, we, beginning to spread again we so. will discuss the relegation battle when I think when the Superliga table is do over do we really need to start getting some fucking wins for now uh, let's move on to other questions. We actually, in spite of having asked for just one question per person, essentially, we have had a fair few questions. So uh, we're going to try and be more succinct with the others. Little Bird says, do you think the recent string of young departures to Europe for no compensation due to what is called in Spanish the patria potestad is as worrying as some claim? What's more, do you think there's any plausible way for clubs to protect themselves from such cases? So, what is patria potestad? It is when 
essentially this um, this law exists so that um, if a family legitimately moves um, for personal reasons, say, I don't know, the dad gets a job in Spain or Italy or they need to leave Argentina for whatever reason, um, that player, in effect, can cancel his link uh, with a an Argentine club with whom they've been training or they held an, an, a youth academy type contract. Um, obviously... Um, despite you know, I think that's being a law made with yeah, um, was, yeah. anyway. despite being a law kind of made with all the best intentions, it is clearly let's say open to to exploit because exploitation the, by the, the, the interest club is going to offer to the dad a job probably. So, so little yeah. little bird's question is this as big a problem as a lot of people in Argentina? No. I'm not. You lose I'm not the occasional decent prospect, but at that age, the I thing mean, is. It's, 13, 14 year olds they could be Messi or they could be but, but the, thing is, the thing with the, the, the thing with, the, with this is I think the, it, it's going to stifle a lot the, the development of these players because I, it gives it gives me the feeling that with all these clubs these European clubs like uh, pillaging Argentine youngsters but I think I mean, it's uh, not systematic is it it's no. yeah, I think there's, there's, it was, like, it was there's been like discussed. five or six players who left uh, through Patea Potetta I think in this, yeah. in this you, you, window you might it's be, an annoyance but it's not a um, it's not a disease it's not like yeah. an epidemic you, you might be a little bit young but Andres might remember that in the late 90s this was discussed but uh, I think that and, and, parents take advantage of uh, this situation because they don't or, uh, usually don't have a, a a contract signed. Mm. Mm. They are young, young and not. Or yeah, if there's a professional contract, contract obviously it's a different. That's so, a, yeah. Yeah. My, my I can understand how clubs want to guard against it. I'm also not sure really how you do when I mean it's it's a FIFA regulation. The thing is, uh, my issue yeah. my issue against it is uh, from the perspective of the player because I think uh, the 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 feeling it, it gives me with all these clubs like trying to acquire these certain players through uh, the Patria Potestad, I think is that they're not gonna really develop those players. I think they're gonna just uh, they're just developing the, the developing them to use them is uh, eventually as exchange as to, to gain a profit just to, to get them for free and then sell them for a Business. for a profit exactly. But I isn't, mean, isn't that what the Argentine clubs are doing anyway? Though yeah, I mean if yeah, they just yeah, but at least but at least, but at least when, when, when at least if an Argentine club does it, this player is gonna live with a few games under uh, under their belt. But if a European European team just consta- constantly loans them out and eventually sells them to to a team that uh, that's half decent team like yeah. Chelsea, for example, or like Juventus, they do this a lot. I think that's gonna really affect the the development of those players. Mm-hmm. I think that that's an issue. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ronnie yeah. Mazunda has uh, taken my single tweet <laughs> challenge, and has <laughs> yeah. packed an impressive number through through some very inventive. It's like he was um, texting, texting, you know, like, indeed, like in yeah. the old days. Yeah, some very inventive text speak. Uh, so first up. Best midfield or possibly midfielder in the Superliga? Uh, that question's unclear, so I think we can disregard it. Assuming it's best midfield, I don't think anybody's going to have too much of an argument if I say River, probably. Nacho Fernandez. And if you, and if you want to be individually, whoever's half the ball in River. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, or as, as Santi says, Nacho Fernandez. Uh, your prediction on the title race on the Superliga? I, I personally I think that River are going to yeah, yeah. 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 cross the line now, 90% right? River but if, I need if they River do get, it at home regardless of what Boca do if River get four points in the last two games then they're fine mm-hmm. and uh, given their record I, I, I think they'll, they'll manage it yeah. um, 
How is Ricky... I love his contraction for Centurion. He's, he's written the number 100 followed by R-I-O-N. How That's is Ricky Centurion? That's really text, yes. text speak. How is Ricky Centurion doing for Vélez? I think he's scored a weekend. Pretty good. Right? Well, okay, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's scored, scored a couple goals. Goal against as well, as we mentioned yeah. at the time. I think he scored this weekend. He scored well. another, yeah. yeah. In, the, in the... It's only like the, it's every time the Centurion plays for, for, for a team. They start really well and eventually... Yeah, I mean, Casey, Casey, Casey was... Uh, back, back at some point, well, he might yeah. hit a wall with his car or yeah. something. Yeah, <laughs> the thing is, back when he arrived, Casey was like a very... Like, he, he, this, he was... He was feeling really up to the task and saying, "Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna straighten up this guy. I'm gonna straighten up Centurion. He's gonna yeah. work with." I'm gonna, me. I'm gonna put some some rough and love that, to. Yeah. <laughs> he he yeah. might be thinking, if you can't de- can't defeat him, you have to be with him. Like, uh, well, Falcioni is saying he would yes, say he would uh, smoke a smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Um, is Geitch's move to Brugge still on in the summer? I don't think Come so. Nah. Sure. No. I, don't I think, think he's so. just fallen through altogether because yeah. he was supposed to move just now, wasn't he? And, he did. Yes. and I think he's, uh, he's going to try to take advantage to actually move to a bigger club mm. in, in June or July. Yeah. It's going to be hard with San Lorenzo playing as they are, but, but look, maybe maybe he can he can flourish under the new manager. I don't know. Uh, San Lorenzo have a good team after all. Yeah. T- tight on our members of thoughts. <laughs> on, on Almendra's move to MLS underwhelming um, I liked Almendra the little bit of him the legality with Guillermo Barros he's going to do okay and Pavon and possibly Alan Franco and Chicharito he's moving to a league where Christian Pavon from what I hear looks consistent and brilliant he's going to do well I mean Giuseppe Rossi Giuseppe three years without playing was signed today for Real Salt Lake so uh, who is Armani and Andrade doing and who should start how, 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 how. how are Armani and Andrade doing and who should start on the national team oh. Sergio Romero should start in the national team um, I disagree I think Andrade is a little bit more of a keeper than yeah more of a yeah but I think Armani is going to play yeah the thing is Armani has, has already been established as the number yeah. one in Argentina and, Arma- and Andrade is just very unfortunate to just uh, peak at this moment yeah. I but Andrade is a little bit better I, I think that yeah. it's more all round yes. whichever of those two you put in given their form for the last couple of years yeah. Yeah. you're going to have somebody who can do a job yes. and it's like and it's like a, I mean Boca fans and Real fans will make their case for each honestly yeah. yes and Ronnie's final question: Who has the best Barra in the Superliga? I'm not sure. I mean, Ronnie, you've been listening for quite some time, and you want to know our thoughts on Barra Brava. <laughs> That's uh, the rather, beer Barra. Is rather unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. We um, need to separate Enchada from Barra. Always. Yeah, like, yeah. Barra is a poison. Barras are not ultras. Yeah, basically. The best Superliga, fans are Racing fans. Obviously. And Superliga, Superliga, we have to discuss that. Yes, indeed, and we will be doing in Hand of Pod Extra, as I will mention in a minute. Lawrence Hart says, bearing in mind the welcome that Independiente gave an, gave an unsuccessful ex-Racing manager on Sunday, <laughs> yeah. what form of welcome can Merlo, Coca and Caldet ex- expect on their next visits to the Red Side? Well, Caldet wasn't that successful, for one side, hmm. and Merlo I don't think is going to get any team <laughs> soon. Caldet, how can he call... Call that unsuccessful. I wasn't. Really. No, he's not calling. He's just it. joking about Lawrence, Lawrence former racing managers though. getting. Yeah, big but I thought he was joking team. about how successful. Well, Coca was. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I he was just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is Lawrence a racing fan or is he a defensive DCF fan? I forget. But anyway, he's he's not. I mean, I, I, I see what he's trying to do. I'm not going to answer that question. Thank you very much. Indeed. Um, You're going to go sleeping. We'll see how <laughs> Bakker says he gets welcome next time he, Oof, he goes. Well, like, the like, well. Just, just like the derby one, that none, no, not a single player came to and say and said hi to him. Is that right? 
That's yeah. terrible. Yeah, actually, Benitez, Benitez actually admitted that. I mean, that it's not like someone who was there two years ago, so they might not yeah, know. Benitez, they were working with him Benitez uh, spoke to the media and uh, admitted that there were a lot of things he said uh, to the media because I said that he didn't like at all. The players didn't like at all. So they decided not to no, not to come and say yeah. hi to him That's before the derby. Petty stuff. Our sponsor, <laughs> Sopel, who you'll find on Twitter um, at, at albicelestes.com, all one word. Says, do you think that Rojo plan, uh, Rojo's plan to play at the Copa America by moving to Estudiantes will succeed? I mean, given that he's now recovering from a muscle tear, it's going to be tough. I mean, tough. And he also says, do we, the fans, actually want it to happen? Nope, no, 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 no. possibly not. The thing is, um, I don't know. I don't know really if he's going to succeed or not because I mean, he's been a regular uh, fixture in Scaloni's clubs, so maybe he sees him. He still sees him. As a, as a backup I mean he's yeah. versatile isn't he he can but play he, in the middle he can play on the left but he, but he, he plays play, poorly in each of those positions but he right. can play but he, <laughs> yes but he played one match and got injured yeah Darren Paul who's the, the, the person principally responsible <laughs> <laughs> says when Gimnasia get relegated can we all agree never to hire Maradona again and can we also agree that no ex-player requires a throne it's an armchair and an embarrassing song and dance every time they play um, I'd say no on the first point, I, yes on the second. Exactly, I was going to say the second thing, because much as, as Dan mentioned earlier, I have criticised Maradona time and time again. If Gimnasia go down, or when Gimnasia mm. go down this season, it's not going to be Maradona's fault. No, his record's no. actually he's more than respectable for, uh, for a relegation candidate. He's clearly a brilliant motivator, and yes. he has surrounded himself with And it's testament to the shit system uh, relegation in Argentina has. I said something about this in the last episode. He will be like the next Caruso Lombardi. You can, you can chuck him in the last... Ten games when your team is yeah, in trouble, I mean, he's not gonna, and you get your spirits up, and yeah, he's not going to be given the JJ Lopez treatment. Yeah. Certainly no. not. No. Uh, Darren also says, "Is this the most tedious San Lorenzo team you've ever seen?" I no, it's not much worse. It's a contender. <laughs> but I mean, even when they won the league back in 2013, they were. Painful to watch. And they also went from PC to house. I mean, wait, we're wait, not going to get any more pragmatic. It's only during the lifetime of this podcast. Sorry, I've got something in my throat. It's only during the lifetime of this podcast, San Lorenzo have put out some just appalling yeah. teams. I mean, I, I feel like apart from when they won the league in the Libertadores, we've just spent almost every episode. And, so and even back, and back when they won the league, they almost got relegated the year pro, the year prior. They were failing relegation with Now, San Lorenzo are the most uh, similar team to Independiente, we could say. Are quite similar. Yeah, they are way better squad. Depending yeah. on any team that won the, the, the league in 2003. 13. No, no, no. Uh, wait, no, wait, wait. 2001. Back when Cusineri was still playing for San Lorenzo. Yeah. Won the, won the league with 38 points. Yeah. The, I mean, I think that was like a, one, of the, one of the worst. Then in 2013, no, yeah, won it with yeah. 33 points. Yeah, that, that was the, the record for the, the, yeah. least, uh, the least points to, to win the league, I think, yeah. in Argentina. Uh, we have already said that uh, they are looking for manager, and they, apparently it was going to be Gede, but... Yeah, and the thing with Gede is like uh, San Lorenzo fans always remember him this way too careless manager, I think. So no, it's Pellegrino apparently, the, the one. <laughs> Watch this space. Perfect Tommy, what are the chances of Ecoco staying at River? None. He is the one River player whose contract is up at the end of the season and hasn't yet renewed. Difficult. None. Everyone at Rosario is waiting for, for him, basically. And it's... Annuals, right? Annuals, obviously. Yes. Um, because... Gallardo is clever enough to to 
to put him in the, the last minutes of the game. Maybe this weekend is going to start because uh, they have a couple of suspended players. Most, uh, most obviously Santos Borre. Santos so Borre, yeah. But other than that, he plays 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, and and Nils is going to be less uh, demanding. physical, demanding. Yeah. And he will be with his old teammates. Is Formica still there? Because Formica still he will be Formica, Maxi Rodriguez, yeah. Coco. I mean, all of the. Yeah. It's like Nils, the team. <laughs> that that Nils. Yeah. Actually, uh, Nils is a is a, very, is it's a very interesting case because I mean, there, there's all these all these. And they also have a very, uh, a very young squad in in addition yeah, to those players, yep. like Anibal Moreno, for example. And, uh, yeah, they go they go to the extremes from twenty yeah. to forty. Exactly, everything in the middle. Exactly. Brenda Ferrari says worries for Huracan next season. Yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. They should be yeah, very I, 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 it's a Yeah, I read a, a joke today that if coronavirus is is uh, uh, <laughs> killing people there uh, with the low defenses, we're gonna get all the Huracan defenders. So suck a little. <laughs> and she also asks who is the top goal scorer in the league now I don't know whether she is asking this deliberately uh, she is Ar- I think from looking at her Twitter profile that she is Argentine um, but so at the moment officially according to the table that the Superliga put out Rafael Santos Borre is the top scorer in the league with 12 goals and Silvio Romero of Independiente bizarrely given how you know I mean it's like the Pierre Emerick Aubameyang of, uh, of the Superliga is, is one behind him on 11 however um, Rafael Santos Borre has uh, one of his goals that the AFA have credited to him and therefore the, all these statistic websites I've just checked my app and it has got him listed there as well um, was actually an own goal from a Colón defender I think it was Colón what, one of the goals he's credited with against. Well, does the Superliga have a have a like have a, some yeah dubious goals committee? Obviously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but he didn't score it. So, the the correct answer is Santos Borre and Silvio Romero are the joint top goal scorers of the Superliga at the moment. But the official answer is that if the Superliga had ended this weekend, Santos Borre would be getting the top goal scorer award for it because he's officially recognised as as it, even though he's not. It's a bit like. Brazilian Ronaldo's World Cup goal scoring record for ages, which one of them was a, an own goal from a Costa Rican defender. Oh, yeah. Um, and so closer to the record, that. one goal later than he actually did. Joseph Sexton says, Damn, it, it's going to warm your heart to hear this, uh-huh. because this goes back to days of hand of pod, days of yore. Joseph Sexton says, Why does that La Concha de tu Madre All Boys chant exist? <laughs> <laughs> what have I missed about All Boys? A lot. No, it originated in in Atlanta, who are always sworn arch rivals, mm. basically, and it's a It's originated during an Atlanta match in which they were not playing against All Boys. They just burst into that song. <laughs> I will boys. say that All Boys say much worse stuff, anti-Semitic stuff about Atlanta. Yes, I also in, in researching that chant years ago, I did come across an interview with the guy who I think at the time he was the head of the Subcomisión del Incha. Uh, the, the the fan subcommission at All Boys and he actually said um, we have to admit that of lots fans. of fans around the rest of the country have heard of us thanks to that chat so in a way <laughs> should be yeah and actually uh, Atlanta are on the way up they're actually getting uh, and they're constantly on their way yeah, up no, but season Dan talks about how yeah, they're getting promoted this no, but this time, this time I think they're, they're top of the they're top of their group in the, the second, in the second division maybe it's their fault Doing really, really bloody good. So maybe we are actually going yeah. to see Atlanta back in the first division for the first time in ages. I will love it. And we're gonna hear the all voice chant every single week, and it's gonna be huge, man. Yeah. I, I'd hear it from my flat, to be honest. I yeah. Imagine, imagine. Yeah. I mean, going to the source. I did too. Yeah. You know, 
Oh, oh, four I mean, blocks actually, there, there, the tourists are going to come to Argentina to actually go into the source. I have no doubt. Yeah. That, 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 that could be a nice tour to get some, some more bucks for us. Exactly. Do yeah. the, to, do the concha to my voice tour. Go to a mystery in Argentina in starting the chat. And finally, Vladko Angelkovsky says... How do you predict that Tigre will perform in the Libertadores? Do you guys give them a chance to progress I out mean, of the group? No. Nope. Tigre, are in, yeah. they're in a group with, as we said earlier, they're playing Palmeiras, uh, Bolivar, and the winners of the second um, qualifying round from the third round, which is going to be, okay, Barcelona of Ecuador. No, I, I don't no. think they will. Nope. I mean, they're now Gorosito Les. He got um, yeah. he sat down at the weekend and as well. I've been playing very poorly all season. From yeah, yeah. and actually, um, well, I think this has uh, come up in previous episodes. But uh, how can you how can you imagine he's gonna cope with uh, the squad he has in the second division? He didn't to play to play <laughs> both trying to trying to actually make us uh, a promotion run. I mean. If he's if Tigre still have a chance to make a promotion run, and at the same time trying to survive in the Copa Libertadores group, I mean it's it's Your impossible. Is, it's an excuse to get money. It's, an, it's impossible. They don't have uh, one of their best players anymore, like Montillo. Yeah, yeah. Or Luca Hansen. Yes. Yeah. A, it was a big loss. Yeah. That, that was an attempt to whip quickly through some of the listeners' questions. We didn't do it that quickly, I apologise, <laughs> but at least we had a bit more variety. It's a good question. Yeah, yeah this this time they were better. Uh, Always well. No, I wouldn't. Uh, Darren's questions last week were perfectly good. <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah, please do send in your questions each week. Um, next music you'll hear is Mystic Sam's theme music, and when you come back, you will hear my predictions for the weekend to come. Okay, this weekend's matches are as follows. On Friday evening, Racing versus Newell's. Hmm. That could be interesting. I'm going to go for a draw. Um, Sitting on the fence there. Terrible. Colon, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Colon, uh, a high scoring draw. Colon versus Boca Juniors, I think, is going to be a Boca Juniors win. I'm not exactly sticking my neck out there. Yeah, uh, don't uh, underestimate uh, Colon's desire to win this game, I think. What desire? Yeah, <laughs> they're going to, otherwise they're going down. But they don't play with desire. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Racing on Saturday. Racing. Oh no, sorry, no. Racing again. That's Friday. <laughs> on Saturday, Gimnasia versus Atlético Tucumán. Um, I think is uh, Gimnasia win. Okay. Be the first no, you've on. actually predicted this season. I was thinking. I was thinking <laughs> no, it's not. But I was thinking Atlético. I, I was when I said it, I was thinking Atletico have just had a long trip home, but they haven't, have they? Because they, they, the second leg was it took them out. That, that, that would that would happen when you win the I'm going to go for I a mean, draw. A draw. Yeah. River nope. versus Defensa y Justicia. I'm going for a River win. Which, if both of the River and Boca predictions are true, that would mean that the gap remains as it is at the moment. That's three points. Hernan Crespo's return. official return to the Monumental after yeah. yeah. 24 years. Well, he will be given a, a badge. Hmm. Uh, Central Cordoba <laughs> against Banfield I think is a draw Godoy Cruz against Union is going to be an Union win assuming they, don't, you know, <laughs> they actually turn up yeah, Godoy Cruz. on Sunday Aldo Civi versus San Lorenzo um, we're going for 
I think they are also going to win those. I mean, yeah, I, I suspect they are on the up. They are on the up. They are on the up. They are. I think they're gonna. They're gonna survive. Okay, if you, th- if you think so, I'll go for an Alosivi win. But I mean, don't watch it. Lanús <laughs> versus Estudiantes. Um, I think Lanús will edge it. Rosario Central against Arsenal. I think is a draw. And Vélez against Argentinos. Oh, that could be interesting. I think Vélez will win. Um, and then on Monday evening, Patronato versus Tacheres. I'm going for a draw there. And Huracán against Independiente. <laughs> Don't watch it. Oh, yes. Don't watch yeah. that. Um, Please. What's the phrase about bull, two bull men fighting over a can? <laughs> draw. And I can't draw. <laughs> and I guess Mate, you're, you're being too generous with the Benin. Um, the same as anyway. Blow up. Those are this weekend's games. Hopefully, from the guys' reactions, you know which matches to watch and which matches not to watch this weekend. <laughs> if you've got Fanatis, if you haven't got Fanatis, then get over to fntz.co/hop and use the discount code HOPFZ for your seven-day free trial, followed by a twenty percent discount on your first three months. If you want to be on Patreon and listen to us, then go to patreoncom slash Hand of Pod, we're about to record an extra episode about... Andres mentioned it. Yeah, Liga, Liga, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, about the future of the Superliga in the very short term. Break away. Um, and finally, thank you very much indeed to Sopel or Pzemek, um, who is our sponsor for the month and a half. And you should all go to albicelestis.com and check out his Argentina national team archive. Thank you and goodbye from Tony. Goodbye. English Dam. Goodbye. And the race. Thank you. Goodbye. Santi. See you around. And me. Thank you and goodbye. Full time score to tell you about in Brazil. Fortaleza um, were leading 2 0 in the second leg of the Sudamericana tie against the Independiente. And then in the third minute of stoppage time, one of their defenders managed to put the ball into his own net, which means that, no doubt to Santi's astonishment, Independiente have gone through on away goals after a 2-2 draw um, in the Copa Sudamericana. So Santi, if you're listening to this, congratulations.